0: Hello hello, I'm Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast as we do every Wednesday. I have Michael Renner on from Pro Football Focus. Mike, how's it going, dude?
1: Going good. Good to be back.
0: Yeah. Yeah, let's just do some general topics just today. Buzz through the league kind of quick. Okay, do you agree that the Patriots and Steelers are back as atop the AFC?
1: Steelers, I'm still holding off on until their offense really clicks. Uh, I'm still wary to call them you know, back atop the AFC. I still think, even though they beat the Chiefs, uh, I like where the Chiefs stand right now. A little bit better, even though the Chiefs lost to the Raiders. Uh, I still think, in terms of completeness of a team, the, the Chiefs have a little more on their side. Uh, but the Patriots... Yeah, man, they're scary right now. Like they look like I was saying at the beginning of the year, if they just get the defense, like it it will get figured out. It's Bill Belichick and the secondary is too talented not to figure it out. And now it looks like maybe they have. And I'd just be worried if I was the rest of the AFC.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you could just cut down on the mental mistakes and coverage busts, I mean, that would go a long way from where they began the season for the first month
1: yeah and that, that that's what I was like saying is like this was so uncharacteristic of a Bill Belichick coach team that it just did not seem like they were going to be sustainable at how bad they really were at the time.
0: yeah I mean, I don't know if they'll ever have a great pass rush or you know be a, a dominant front seven, but they're going to figure it out and they, mm-hmm. I think they're starting to so do mm-hmm. you so would your AFC power ranks go new England k c pittsburgh
1: Yes, at the moment. Uh, I'd, for some reason, I'm, I'd put Pittsburgh 3A, Jacksonville 3B. I just think Jacksonville's defense wow. is Broncos-esque. You know, 2015, it's that good. Like, they they just have all three levels. They can get it done, which that's scary. That's scary for an offense. You just don't know really where to attack them.
0: I 100% agree on the D, and I like Fournette, and I love that the, the recipe, and there's a couple teams like that right now, Minnesota, Chicago, that has to play a certain style and are able to cuz the defense is so good but at some point it's going to be third and 8 you know i mean i know I just, they <laughs> have the passing game they is literally not, the
1: worst quarterback to have in the end. not the worst obviously there are worse but stylistically a quarterback who is going to throw games away is not what you want at all for that offense, or for that team the way the team is built you want anyone but that
0: not a game manager that's for sure yeah Right. Exactly. Okay. So we established who our favorite team is in each division, I think. And I'm with you on Jacksonville. Uh, I don't know that I can call them a contender like those other three teams. Who in the AFC is out of it? Like, time to think about next year. Like, in. I was just, yeah, I was just looking at that earlier this week.
1: And the amount of teams I can really scratch off and say they are probably done is, is maybe the maybe just the Browns and the Jets at this point it might just be them two where I could confidently say because while the Colts are two and five Andrew Luck comes back anytime soon that division's not even though the J like you mentioned I like the Jags but if Blake I could see Blake Burrell throwing a handful of games away for them to where they don't make where they end up eight and eight nine and seven you know they could theoretically get back to there but at the moment it seems very far-fetched so I'd write off Browns Jets Colts at this point as having no shot. I think everyone else has some sort of hope
0: for this season, at least. Right, and we're not saying that they have a chance to go to the Super Bowl, but we have a chance to get in the postseason, shouldn't be living for tomorrow. That's what I mean by, you know, season's over. I think the Colts are worse off than you do, though. (laughs) I mean...
1: Yeah, no, they really, like, it's almost like I'm just saying Andrew Luck, like, expecting that sort of magic he had earlier in his career where, Every close game goes their way. It would be a very long shot, even if he came back this week. But yeah, the, the rest of that roster is very depleted of talent. The actual the fourth team I'd probably put, who's the next closest to being completely done, is probably the Ravens at this point. I, I just in terms of I they don't have talent on that roster. That yeah. offense is awful, awful. awful uh, and yeah. Joe, Flacco, like they don't have help for Joe Flacco. But again, he's not helping himself. He's oh, I missing. Think he's
0: terrible too right now.
1: Yeah, he's yeah. just not playing. It, it's been a steady downward trend for him in recent years. And this is almost rock bottom for him. It just looks like he should not be a starting quarterback in the NFL anymore.
0: I a hundred percent agree. I wrote an article about it recently, like and the assignment was what's going wrong with Joe Flacco. And the answer was really everything.
1: Yeah. Is, <laughs> I I, mean, th- there's, there's no, board. yeah, yeah it's, it. it's everything. He's not going deep anymore. He's not accurate over the intermediate range, which was like his bread and butter, just like hitting it behind those linebackers in his you know, in his heyday. That's not there. It's I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's, you know, how, why it happened, how it happened. But, yeah, like you said, everything has gone wrong.
0: Yeah, and it's easy to lump the Jets in those bottom feeders, and I very much believe they are. But if all those terrible teams, including the Ravens, had a round-robin tournament, I bet the Jets would win. Uh, yeah, I could see. Uh, They're I okay. Don't I don't know how. I don't
1: know how I don't know how they ended up three and two at some point I don't know how they've won the games that they've won but they're not the thing is they're not bad defensively this is not a bad defensive football team offensively they've just done a little bit more than I expected and then all of a sudden I thought they were going to be you know all-time bad sort of offense with Josh McCown at the helm and just no wide receivers to speak of whatsoever Josh McCown's been playing you know the football that is the reason why he's been in the league as long as he has, because he can sometimes play competent football. You can, in one game sample size, play enough to win you a game, and that's why he's still in the league, and that's why uh, the Jets are one three games. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't win another the rest of the season, but it, I that's say why that they're week. Three yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then they somehow squeak him out or play close. I mean, I think Todd Bowles is doing a heck of a job, but I don't think they're. I, I think that. They're shocked at how many wins they have. If you would give Todd Bowles truth serum, I bet he'd be like, "I can't believe we won this many games. We don't have any talent."
1: <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> he's really coaching for his job. And I would be, I'm, I'd be surprised if they didn't keep him at this point. I, I mean, I, there's still so much of the season left, but he's exceeded probably everyone's expectations. If like we had a realistically fair coach of the year in terms of expectations versus how they've delivered so far, he would be in it, even though they're below 500.
0: Yes. He was uh, our—actually, Chuck Pagano was our defensive back coach, and Todd was his assistant when I was with the Browns. And he's a very impressive guy. I mean, I got to know him a little bit, and you could see why he would, you know, go on the the path he has. So I'm rooting for him. Um, So that's kind of the AFC in a nutshell. NFC, if we look at it the same way, I think it's a little more difficult. Like, to me, the Eagles are the best team in the NFC. I look at the North, and I have to say the Vikes, but they need more than what they have now to be a true contender. I'm mm-hmm. always a Seahawks fan apologist Not fan, but supporter. I'm impressed with the Saints. I thought that division as a whole would be a lot better, though. And there's certainly some teams I think you can write off.
1: Yes. I actually, so the way you said about the Seahawks being a Seahawks apologist, I feel the same way about the Saints. I, I, I've said okay. just the last handful of years. Any, they just get a semblance of a defense. The, the offense like gets perennially underrated because Drew Brees does it every year, but they have a defense now. They have a legitimate you know, above-average defense for the first time since 2013 at least. Probably It's probably their best defense since they actually won the Super Bowl. Uh, and with that, it's like that's a scary team all of a sudden because Drew Brees can carve any defense. He's carved the best defenses apart at times if you you know, if you allow him time to make plays in the pocket and have some talent at receiver, which they do with Michael Thomas. So, I'm I'm starting to get up back on board the Saints bandwagon as being you know, a legitimate Super Bowl threat in the NFC.
0: Yeah, maybe. Uh, did you happen to read Bill Barnwell's article about this? It was I think Monday or recently from on ESPN. Did not. And here's what i the biggest thing I took away from it, and this is mind-blowing to me. Think about all the years Drew Brees has been in New Orleans. I mean, what, how long has he been there? Ten years or so? I'm just guessing off the top of my head.
1: Yeah, at least. Okay. I he came in 06. So oh, yeah.
0: 11. anytime that the Saints defense ranked better than 25th in the NFL, Brees has taken them to the playoffs. Yep. I mean, just don't better. suck. Just don't be the worst defense in the league, and I'm going to get you to the playoffs. I mean... And that's it. Doesn't happen all that often. It's always at the bottom. I mean, it, to me, that's remarkable. That just give him a below average defense, and they're really hard to beat.
1: Yeah, they've been in our coverage rankings. They've been below. I think I want to say twenty fifth uh, for six of the last seven years. So below twenty fifth wow. is just like if that that just being a random statistical oddity is like less than a one percent chance. Just wow. like, it's unbelievable how. Just terrible. And they keep they keep signing free agents. They like they, they don't ignore it. They aren't they aren't playing for later. You know, they're not trading away uh their talented players. They're signing guys. They're not letting guys walk who are, you know, studs. They just have not been able to identify talent whatsoever. And the scheme doesn't help. They they run the craziest stuff there on the back end with not a lot of talent. So but they finally with Mark more. yep, have the talent. So it's it's fun to watch.
0: Yeah, I just read an article about him too saying He's already a top ten type of corner, in my opinion, and there's a lot of good corners in the league.
1: Oh, I am. I I said that after week two, actually, and I caught some flack. I said this is a top ten corner the way he's played, because my evaluation on him was, you know, elite. was as good. I saw as a cornerback coming out. He was as good as Jalen Ramsey. He was as good as I've seen in the last, you know, five or six years coming out as cornerback position. Obviously, fell out of the top ten because it's a, it was a pretty loaded draft, and he had hamstring issues, whatever. But from what I saw it translating to the football field weeks 1 and 2 cuz they were just playing man coverage you know they came mm-hmm. out just played man coverage and that's pretty easy to evaluate a cornerback uh, in man coverage because it's man coverage to man coverage you're stick with the man you're guarding and he just was like he guys were not getting a step on him he followed Brandon Cooks in that Pats game gave up like one catch was not getting any separation he's the real deal and it, man like he's our number one great corner right now so yeah calling oh, wow. him top 10 corner at this point it's not even a hot take
0: Yeah, right. I didn't realize he was ranked that high with you guys, but there's a lot of really good corners floating around the league. You know, I mean, like I look at Ramsey and Peterson. To me, are the are my favorite two. If I could have any, Uh they would be my top two. And then then he's in the conversation with the Denver guys and Rhodes, and you know, I mean, just there's a lot of really good corners right now.
1: Yeah, I would definitely agree with that assessment on where he stands.
0: I don't know what you thought of that division, NFC South, before the season, but I thought it was the best division in the league. Even better than the AFC West, I thought that all four teams had a chance to be eight and eight or better, and I had it going Panthers, I think Atlanta, Tampa, then the Saints. But again, I thought the Saints were an eight and eight type of team. Those hmm. other three teams, I'm really disappointed in
1: the the Panthers. Uh, I was the I Panthers was less Panthers so, but actually, certainly yeah, I Tampa. thought Panthers actually. We're going to be the worst. So I, I'm okay. at four and three. This sounds – that's about where I would have pegged them if not worse than that. But the Falcons' offense just disappeared. Like that's – they're averaging barely over 20 points a game, which that is you – know, you just – you don't go – like I thought they'd take a step back. They had I to. thought they'd take a step back and be a top five offense still. And this is an average offense right now the way they're playing. So that they've probably been the biggest disappointment so far to me. And then the Bucks, their defense just – I thought it would be a little better. I know they've had some injuries to deal with, but their secondary is an issue at this point. It's just, they're not getting it done. I I thought Vernon Hargraves would be much better than he has been and really taking no step forward in year two.
0: Pass rush certainly is not helping. Mm-hmm. at all defense in general needs some needs a facelift and that oh, yeah. team i could see having a better second half than the first half of the season though
1: yeah i could i could definitely i mean they're two and four worst team in the division i could see all teams ending up eight and eight above still uh but yeah I, I don't i did think they would be you know a little better outside of their own division be winning more games
0: but you agree that none of the teams in that division are done you know at browns left. yeah no
1: obviously. i wouldn't write anyone off Bucks would be closest to who I'd be writing off at the moment, but I don't think I'm ready to do so.
0: In the East, are the Giants done? I mean, obviously they're not going to the playoffs, but is it? Or, I mean, is it yes. rebuild time?
1: <laughs> uh, done in terms of what, like rebuild time? Yeah, I mean, uh, the time to think
0: about next year, basically.
1: That's, I do. I, I just think they they aren't close enough outside of Eli Manning to overcome him at this point I, I think they at least have to address the quarterback position uh-huh. is what i would say i don't think complete rebuild is necessary especially with how much money you've you know uh, invested in a lot of positions via free agency uh so i think they are close enough to be a perennial you know playoff contender but they're not close enough where Eli Manning's ever going to get you back to a Super Bowl. You'll have a legitimate shot at that. So I do think it's time to address the quarterback position in some way or another. Maybe not a first-round pick, but day two, I think you have to at least be throwing some darts at some QBs if you're the Giants at this point.
0: Yeah, and maybe, I mean, we look back in Giants history and say, this year was very fortuitous for them, you know, because... They picked fourth overall and drafted a quarterback. And rarely do they pick that low. And this guy hit, and he's Eli's successor. And I think that's a possibility. But even if he don't go quarterback, you better bring in Teddy Bridgewater or some, you know, something.
1: Yeah, I think, and there, I think there will be, you know, in the coming years, there will be quarterbacks. If not, like like the Jimmy Garoppolo's, the Kirk mm-hmm. Cousins. I think there will start to be quarterbacks on the open market now. I don't think they have a lot of cap space to, you know, they're, they're not in the best cap situation to, you know, just add on one of those guys and assimilate him. But I, I don't think uh, it's that far-fetched that they could find a guy just like that uh, in the coming years.
0: In the North, is anyone good except for maybe the Vikes?
1: I think Detroit is still okay. I would put them at about an eight and eighteen. team, um, and the Packers—they're I, I, just done. I, I think, I think so. with without Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, they will need to. They didn't. They did some different things offensively this past week, but they need to completely overhaul that to a run-heavy, option-heavy offense to even have a chance with Brett Hundley and. I don't see that being hit. Now, they did face one of the best defenses in the NFL in Minnesota this yeah. past week. Uh, that's obviously no quarterback's going to look great against them. So I'll hold off one more week before officially saying they're done, but early returns weren't good. So I, I think if things don't change and change quickly, obviously they're a bye, But after the buy, I think if they don't change quickly after that, they are. I'd be ready to write them off.
0: Yes. And I still have a little bit of optimism for Hundley, as not that he's going to be a superstar, but I, I bet he looks better than he did this past week. And, you know, the Vikings do that to a lot of people. The Bears are almost like the Jets to me. I mean, they're better than the Jets, don't get me wrong. But I'm surprised they've won this many games. They clearly have a formula, they have a really good defense, and they run the ball. But it amazes me that that translates into victories. I mean, Trubisky threw seven passes.
1: Their defense, we, so we just the data anal are we did a purely like analytical uh, based on the grades that we have, uh, based on the competition that they faced, uh, ranked the defenses in the NFL. And, and the data spit out the Bears as a top five defense heading into last week before the Panthers game. Right. Uh, even though okay. the points per game, whatever, wasn't great against them, they were they played some tough offenses and held strong against them. And then they did it again against Carolina. So maybe I don't. The defense is really outplaying the sum of their parts right now. Vic Fangio has done an incredible job with that defense. Played some, had some masterful games from a schematic standpoint. And this past week, no different. I I think they will outperform expectations this year. I think they could get to like a seven and nine type of team, eight and eight, with all they've done defensively. But they, they do need Trubisky to get going quickly if they're going to have any hopes of making the playoffs. And if you're giving them seven attempts a game, you're not, you don't think he's ready to take in all. They're basically saying he's not at that level.
0: The receivers are just so dreadful too. And uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, but if you're a Bears fan, you're psyched. Like I looked at the Bears preseason and thought this front seven is going to be really, really good. Secondary might be a little better, but it's not great. They probably need to address it again in the off season. Secondary has been better than I thought. Offensive line's fine. Running game's very good. Tariq Cohen's a nice little addition. And you have your quarterback. I mean, at least you're not going to address the quarterback position. So you look at this offseason for the Bears and say, it's pretty clear what we need, it's, and it's not mm-hmm. that hard to find.
1: Wideouts, Yeah. Talent right. at right. wide receiver. I'm not sure who's entering free agency, but they have to. At least, I mean, you get Kevin White back. No one knows what that's going to be like. I, I wouldn't even bank on him as being no. one of my, you know, two or three starters with his past at this point. You need two guys there, at least, I think, uh, if you're the Bears.
0: Right, a first-round pick and a high-priced free agent. And a free agency, yeah, would be nice. Or, you know, something like that, right. Um, mm-hmm. Let's go to the West real quick. I'm super impressed with the Rams. I don't, th- you know, if compared to teams like the Bills, who I think are a nice story, but not have a lot of talent. I think the Rams are a legit good team. Um, I think Arizona's cooked, and I think the Niners, obviously, are in rebuild mode.
1: Yeah, I agree with all three of those assessments. The Rams, they, this isn't a team that's too far removed you know, from going, what, 8-8, eight and 7-9 eight, and nine a few years back with really nothing at QB, nothing, uh, obviously, offensively. So it's still a, a good enough defense, and then... <laughs> McVeigh's just done a masterful job with that offense. It fits. Everything seems to be fitting together so well. And they have a lot of talent at the skill positions now offensively guys that can get open, you know, Cooper cup, uh, Sammy Watkins, who hasn't even really been featured in that offense much. They have guys who are, they have talent at basically every position on that offense. So uh, it's nice to see like, they look, I I'm still like, I'm still hesitant to go all aboard the golf train and be like, yeah, he's a guy now he's a franchise guy. Because there's still the bad that worries me. I still am a little scarred by what I saw from him his rookie year, and, th- mm-hmm. and always worried he could go back to that. But week in and week every week he seems to be proving it more and more. So I'm uh, I'm on the ramps of the playoffs bandwagon for sure.
0: And I think Gurley's an MVP candidate.
1: Ooh, I'm not willing to go that far, but I
0: I think he's he in looks- the top five ish in that conversation right now.
1: He looked so. I I was worried about him in year two being you know scarred in terms right. of Damage he just goods. looked shell shocked. Yeah, like he looked like he didn't know where to find a hole. And a lot of that is when you have a bad offensive line, your eyes just adjust. Like you are looking, you're not looking at the right spots anymore because your your reads have been so muddied every single time that you're. Uh, you know, you're in your own head, and now he's finally getting some clean reads. And in the open field, he's very good. Uh, he is in the open field. He is tough to bring down. Uh, I'm still not willing to put him in the MVP discussion because of guy, well, guys like Cream Hunt and even Le'Veon Bell are still doing, but he's been good. Uh, he, he's been, he been – he's surprised me. I didn't even think with good blocking he'd be as good as he is this year.
0: And you didn't even mention his contributions as a receiver. I mean, that's been gigantic for the team <clears> and for God.
1: That too. Yeah, that's like that to me has been the the biggest thing for golf is how he's utilized the running back position. You see him so many times go from one to two and then to his checkdown, mm-hmm. and it's quicker and it, it's so much quicker than it was a season ago. He was one to two last year, and then that would be three and a half seconds. You know, he would be bringing pressure upon himself because he was so slow to get there. Now it's he's going through that in a breeze, and then the checkdown is netting him a lot of yards because, like you mentioned, what. Todd Gurley's been able to do there
0: yeah absolutely great stuff we will be back in one minute to talk about Martavis Bryant all right Mike you know I do I do five shows a week for Steelers Nation Radio and for two weeks all we're talking about is Martavis Bryant and they have to show (laughs) up on Monday and Juju Smith-Schuster's bike stolen I made the joke Martavis has stole his bike yeah um, I know that you've been doing some digging on possible trade candidates. I'm going to start the conversation. I don't think he's going anywhere. I mean, because of his suspension, I don't know, how many, you know what you'll get in return for him. The Steelers absolutely are in it to win it this year, and he can contribute. And you watch the tape, he's open more than you would think. Um, and he's cheap labor for two years. I mean, he's under contract now for two more years and a very, very reasonable mid-round pick type of dollar. So for that reason, Mm -hmm. maybe a team would give you something because, you know, he doesn't hurt your cap. Um, What do you see, not necessarily happening, but what are some options? And the one thing I threw out, and I'm not even sure I have a great name, but maybe, maybe the Steelers would consider it if they could get a veteran receiver back, possibly.
1: That is an interesting... Uh, possibility. I never. I hadn't really thought about that. I always thought it would be for a mid-round pick, just because mm-hmm. of how even assimilating into an offense. I. I, I don't think they necessarily need uh, a receiver to replace him. Uh, you know, with Juju Smith and how long it takes the guy to get up to speed in new offense. It might not be in their best interest. They might just play for the long term. I always thought they'd get a pick in return, but I think the the reason why, even though Mike Tomlin said no, we're not trading him, we're not even thinking about trading him, whatever, and why I think that that's, yeah, maybe they're not going to do that now, but why I think that could realistically change in the coming weeks is you just can't afford, if you're the Steelers, to have that nuclear option where uh, he just leaves the team or quits, or you know you can't afford him to be this uh, overarching distraction, where then, if that happens, you're getting nothing, absolutely nothing back in return for him. Yeah, Yeah, you can try to appease him all you want, but if he doesn't get 10 targets in a game if he's only getting, you know, 3 or 4 targets and he's only getting one catch and it's only going 15 yards he's not going to be happy and you know you need all hands on deck if you're realistically going to win a super bowl you can't have uh, a guy in the locker room you know being a malcontent undermining those efforts and then like i said the nuclear option of having to cut him instead of getting nothing in return you can't get to that point if you are the Steelers. So I just think the way it's heading right now, the way it's trending is very quickly downwards is very quickly towards them separating it. Just not being able to amicably stay together through not even the rest of his rookie contract, but the rest of the season. And at that point you just can't afford to get nothing for him.
0: And they, they ran into a similar situation with Santonio Holmes a few years back, shipped him out for basically nothing. And I'm with you. I've said this, too. If it escalates to the point where it's addition by subtraction, then it's a move you have to make. You know, like, we just have to get this guy out of the building. And maybe it does get to that point. I mean, it certainly could. Because if he wants targets and he wants production, the Steelers are going to run the ball a ton. You know, I mean, clearly they know that. And A.B.'s going to get at least 10 targets a game. So, the pie isn't huge for Juju and Martavis and tight ends and bell catches to get you eight to 10 targets a game.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, like it's not. He's never, he did at one point in 2015 down the stretch there, he was getting that sort of targets, uh, getting those sort of targets, but, like you mentioned, there, there just aren't, aren't going to be that many to go around. They're not going to be any more pass-heavy as the season goes on. I think they're only going to run more as the weather gets colder, as the weather gets worse. I, I only think they're going to run more than they have even this early in the season. So, yeah, I, I don't think there's a way to appease him at this point. And he's not really helping himself. I've seen him jog out some routes. He had that, He's had that bad drop against, uh, what was it, the Bears in the very first play the of the game. He's the not game, really man. been helping himself. So, it, at at some point, I don't know what the solution's going to be. But if you could real, if, if there's someone like the Cowboys, or, that's a team know, I always think about. That desperate about adding talent and who can deal with a guy like that in their locker room. If you can get a third round back, like there's no reason not to at this point, in my opinion.
0: The two teams I keep thinking about are Dallas and Chicago.
1: Yeah, I added in my – I wrote an article about this. I added New Orleans as just a possibility because hmm, they're always okay. in yeah. it to win it this year. You know, they're, they're always, it seems like, in win-now mode. They, they could use they, one
0: more weapon for Breeze, too.
1: Yeah, and they could use the weapon. They're starting uh, Brandon Coleman right now, and I think he's like the least targeted receiver in the NFL in terms of per, on a per route average. They're like bottom five. He's just – they're not throwing to him. <laughs> and uh, – the other team I added in there was just the Jets as a team that they're not in the division. They are desperately in need of talent any way possible. It's not going to help them this year, but they have probably a bottom three receiving core in the NFL, just a way similar to like the Jamie Collins trade last year, where let's ship a guy to a team that is not we know is not going to contend right now. And they just need, a team like the Jets just needs any sort of talent, any way they can get it. So if that's an avenue for them to get it, then they go ahead and do it.
0: That was my thoughts with the Bears, too. Like, We'll give you this early fourth or fifth-round pick for him. He's better than anybody we have. Mm -hmm. See how we like him. You know, you got him for a year and a half. Maybe we don't have to get two guys in free agency next year. Then we just have the one. And it doesn't cost us a first-round pick. Um, Dallas, I think, is a really good one. Again, I don't think he's going to get moved, but... If it gets to the point where he has to go, Dallas, more than any team in the league, doesn't seem to mind those type of guys.
1: They do not. No, (laughs) their recent track record has been marred with those type of guys.
0: And I do think a huge offseason need for them is going to be a speed receiver.
1: Yeah, just any receiver. Uh, That's not a slot receiver. Or literally any guy across from uh, Des Bryant. And speed, yeah, definitely mentioning speed because I think I looked at it between Dez, uh, Terrence Williams, and Cole Beasley, they have exactly two que- two catches, 20-plus yards down the field. That's no, not, not getting do it, it, it done in terms of,
0: yeah, no, downfield so effectiveness. Especially with a good O-line and a strong play-action game, you would think, mm-hmm. and Dez drawing coverage. You would think you should get a lot of deep one-on-one matchups, deep one-on-one shots from them, and they're not. I- I'm not a Terrence Williams fan at all. I-, I think Bryce Butler should be past him already, but Martavis is way better than both those guys. Yes. Agreed. Yep. All right, that's going to do it for this week. Um, Mike, anything else shaking for you that you want to tell people about?
1: Nothing really much going on on my end. Nothing new here. Same old uh, grind.
0: I hear you. All right, man, this was fun. Uh, Stop back, everyone, tomorrow. We will do Twitter Thursday.